Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Colonel Sanders. One Burger King. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You're home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, 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 much more. It's episode 153. I considered giving you Colonel Sanders, but you don't really eat fried chicken anymore, so. I will totally eat fried chicken. Oh, that's right. Your macros, if it will fit your macros. Yeah, my macros are not all goo-goo anymore. Goo- what about goo-goos? I was going to say, I don't quite agree with your police work there, Robbie. I think I'm more of the Colonel Sanders of the two of us. I just, I don't know. You know, Colonel Sanders once shot a man for painting his barn. Mm-hmm. You've told me that, and it yeah. still astounds me. It's it, it's a thing. The world's weird. But Colonel Sanders, that's, that's a not a nice thing to do, Colonel Sanders. He doesn't care. He's going to kill chickens and, and men. And men. <laughs> that's the part they don't tell you, KFC. Yeah. Yeah, that's not that's not on the pamphlet. We are discussing the final three volumes of Trades Metropolitan in Nerdboy Book Club. Wrapping it up. Eric's Wrapped. Eric's silent, so that's a good that's a good what, omen. What would you you want me to just like random noises while when you're talking? You could like say ah! <laughs> It makes me laugh. Uh, we are also going to discuss, um, Eric has gone on a field trip and seen Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm, so we're going to get, we're going to, we're going to yell about ruined childhoods or something. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yell indiscriminately. Um, with women. <laughs> <laughs> Before all that, we are going to talk about comic books that came out this very week. Are you ready, Mr. Goodnight? Oh, yes, of course. Okay, good. Oh. It is time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show. Eric and I will uh, look at a selection of this week's books, tell you to buy or do not buy them. There may or may not be a mush meter involved. goes from one to five, depending uh, if we're mushy on a book or not. You know, maybe we kind of like it, but we're not sold 100%. You know, it's complicated sometimes. Feelings are complicated. And so are comic books. Sometimes. Mm. Our first book is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps Rebirth, number one. Written by Robert Venditti, art Ethan Van Skyver, colors Jason Wright, letters Dave Sharp. Um, I think Ethan Van Skyver has, has to be drawing a Green Lantern book at any given time where he is, there's a bomb inside of him that explodes. Yeah, it's it's just like speed. Mm-hmm. It's just like the bus that couldn't slow down. Mm-hmm. Um... It's somewhere along the line, I guess Sinister became a withered old man. Yeah, I was curious about that. I, I've not been following, I, I was not reading the, the Sinister book all the way through, so I don't know how or why that happened. Um, but Hal Jordan is gonna make everything good again. Mm-hmm. I guess. I'm kinda, I was a little upset when he made the ring. Mm-hmm. I liked him more as the weird will force thing. Eh. <sighs> But he he said those he said the words. I guess. And then he flew around. 
Is there is the is the is that no, that noise you made your your thoughts? That's that's my thoughts on this book. Yeah, kinda. <laughs> I mean, it's not like it's not wretched or anything, but I don't know. It, like everything about it feels like th- this feels like a delay until something good happens, and it seems like there's a bunch of these DC books. It's just like, well, there's an event happening. Some good stuff's going to happen. We don't really care about what's going on in this book. So just, you know, write a script, put some characters in it. Nothing much happens. Like one thing can happen and then it's over. Mostly it's just posing in space. Yeah. These rebirth books, I'm sure they, I know they've sold many, 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 many copies for DC. Mm -hmm. All of them have. But very few of them have actually done much. Yeah. And this is among them. Mm-hmm. Like this, this has done the least, I think, of any of the ones we've read. Mm, I think that uh, Superman book did le- did less. Uh, It's very similar to this one, where they just mostly talk about things that have happened. It's it's not a book where things happen as much as... See, they, w- they won't put a recap page in, but they will recap every story that's happened in a book. Yeah, no, there's and not charge, one recap page. There are dollars. twenty yes, recap. 20. <laughs> 20. Not twenty two. Not hey, twenty two. Eric, it is they they draw the line at two ninety nine. Yeah. But you will get twenty pages. Yeah, that's true. So you'll be you'll be paying three dollars for ten pages in twenty years. Mm-hmm. Enjoy your ten page comic book. I'm I, I'm a do not buy. There's nothing that happens in this book. No. You don't a, a whole bunch of nothing though. I mean, if you want to see like a, a Star Wars style Emperor Palpatine Sinestro just hanging around, hanging out mm-hmm. on his war planet, but other than that, nothing. Boo. Ooh, double buy, double. Uh oh, I almost wait. I didn't double. Do not buy. Yeah. Dodged a bullet there. I, 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 I was like half a syllable away. Double. Do not buy Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps Rebirth Number One. What a title! If you, if you say it, it's canon. Yeah, I can't have that happen. Uh-uh. It's dangerous. There's, there, we can't. It's not like we can edit this at all. Edit? What does that mean? Uh, I'm sure you don't know. That's why there's so many us in in the podcast. People like hearing natural dialogue, right? <laughs> they best. <laughs> no judgment, bro. It's our okay. next, our next comic is Nightwing Rebirth Number One. Already has a what? Already has something going for it. Is much shorter than Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Mm-hmm. Written by Tim Seeley, art Yannick Paquette, Nathan Fairburn on colors, Carlos Mangual letters. So, Grayson no more. Mm-hmm. Back to being Nightwing. Because changing costumes is pretty important. It is. It's probably because it doesn't wash that other costume. That's probably why I needed to change. It doesn't need to. It's a spy costume. Yeah, that's that's what they say about that antibacterial underwear. That stuff smells terrible after about three years. His sweat cleans it. This is you're disgusting. You want to read my my fanfic? Yes. My my Grayson. Am, am I in it? It's Dick Grayson, Eric Goodnight fan. It's the slash. It's the slash, right? Yeah, yeah it's good. slash. Good, good. I'm into this. Midnighter makes a guest appearance in the second. This is my second story. Excellent. Yeah. So excited for this. This is a good comic, despite us being stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it it does it does something. Yeah. Things happen. I don't like the way they treat Midnighter in this. He doesn't feel quite right. The the version of Midnighter that has been in Grayson is always a little bit less yeah. dangerous. 
yeah, I guess we just really like the Steve Orlando one, and he is an insane murderer. And then this, he's just he's your he's your gentle gay friend who beats up monsters. I guess so. A monster. So, well, yeah, one 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 monster. A killicorn. Not a good name. Well, no, no, it is no. not. I mean, they make fun of it. So it's like you're making fun of your own. I don't know. That's like a weird thing to like set up your own dumb joke like that. It's like you. I don't know. Is that an existing DC character? What the Killicorn? Yeah. No. Okay, I'm gonna say, is that something that was made up for this book? If you do that and then make fun of it, I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of asinine. But whatever. I I definitely don't mind this book. You get a Chris Sprouse sort of vibe from this artwork. I certainly do. Yeah, somewhat. I I like this book. I like it tremendously, and it actually does things. It's it's fun. Of course, I've liked a lot of Grayson, and I think that this is be a pretty decent spiritual successor to it. So I'm happy with this book. There, I want more Midnighter guest spots with Nightwing. I just think we all just want more Midnighter everything. Of course, the two of them together, it is like they are pretty great together. Mm-hmm. You know. It's like his, it's his actual gay Batman. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I support it. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. Double bye, Nightwing Rebirth number one. Next up. Come on. I didn't know you had to juggle it. It, it, it takes some effort. Okay. I don't know what's happening and that's fine. I assume you're fucking with your iPad. You assume correctly. Oh, are, are we re- are we reading Superman Man? <laughs> we are reading new Superman Man. No, it's su- it's just Superman. I mistyped. Uh, yes. I've been I've been waiting since I read that. Like I'm going to leave that typo in there and then call him out on the show. <laughs> we are reading new Superman number one. There's a there's a dash in there. There is a dash because he's very dashing. Uh, a, it's actually a huge douchebag. He is. He's he, a huge douchebag. He's a, he's a, man, he's a jerk. He's a fucker. But I really like this comic. It's, it's different and I'm glad it's real. It's weird. I, I like, hey, I like the all-star Superman nod. Mm-hmm. The, the very not subtle all-star which, Superman nod. The, the, I, which one do I, you mean? Well, I won't let you die. That whole thing. That seems very, that reminds me distinctly of, of, Clark trying to save his father in All Star Superman. Um, even I though- guess it's been a while since we've read that that I don't even I don't even remember it at this point. But I like the idea of actual Chinese ripoff su- superheroes in the DC mm-hmm. universe. Batman, and they all have dashes. That's all you have to do is just throw in some dashes. Mm-hmm. And they're and the the weird pseudo look. I don't know it. I he's a jerk. I like that's too too often like you the I don't know. I I read it and I started like, oh, this guy's a jerk. I don't know if I like this. I'm like, oh no, I really <laughs> like this. I I I enjoy it. I'm I'm really interested to see what it does with, with this premise. It's a different thing, yeah. isn't it? The art's clunky. And I don't like that, but it's not wretched. They manage to draw I I do think they do a very challenging thing. And that many of their characters look Asian and not like, not like they're making fun of Asian people. Yeah. If you know what I mean. And I think that can be like a 
fine line. I wonder if it's a. Uh, I where's the where's the page? I, I forgot to, I forgot to read the credits, so let me do that. Yeah. Uh, written by Jean Wen Yang. Yes. Okay. Uh, pencils Victor Bogdanovich. Yeah. What page are the credits on? I want to read them too. They are on page twenty-three. Richard Friend on inks, hi-fi colors, Dave Sharp letters. How can they be on page twenty-three? These books are only twenty pages. There's they. I'm, jo- I'm joking. They, I'm joking. They they uh twenty pages of actual comic book. I know. I'm joking. And then you can get you get some lovely ads. Mm-hmm. Um. Did you see that that retweet I put up of uh how there was a comic book where Superman was literally fighting? Uh, Doomsday, Do- yes. and then they put it in an ad where they were giving a Snickers bar to Doomsday. <laughs> and it was in the worst place imaginable. <laughs> yeah, that was... Oof. Guys, do better. Um, I really like this comic. I am fully on board. I, I, I'm interested. I don't know what is going to happen with it, Like, and I kind of... That's part of the like the fun, is that it is not following like established tropes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm it's the, all the good for it. I am a buy. Totes, totes, totes. Double buy. New Superman number one. <laughs> Superman man. Superman man. I'll be our name. Come on. Oh, my. You could just look at it on the web. I could. <laughs> our next comic <laughs> is Civil War Two number three, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art David Marquez, banner conversation artist Oliver Coipel. Colors, Justin Ponzer. Letters, Clayton Cowles. Designer, Victor Ochoa. I, what do you think, Eric? This is the big, you know, I, I had to, I was going to wait a bit before I read the comics for this week. You know, after, I, I always pick them up on Wednesday and then kind of sometimes I read them immediately, sometimes I wait. And then the first thing I saw, like literally two hours after I bought comics, I saw uh, uh, several headlines, Marvel hero killed. I'm like, okay, stop now. I'm gonna read this. I'm gonna read Civil War. Mm-hmm. Know what they're talking about, and then I can don't have to worry about avoiding it. Um, so super spoilers. If you guys, we're gonna talk about it because we kind of have to. So if you haven't read Civil War two number three, and or you or if and you still care about not knowing what happens, then skip ahead until you hear the words Conan and swords. Um, well, you just heard them. I, that's true. The next time, uh, Hulk, Hulk, <laughs> Bruce Banner to be particular. Because we still have Amadeus show. He's still a Hulk. The totally awesome Hulk. Bruce Banner is killed by Hawkeye in this comic. What do you think? I, uh, I'm i enjoying this book. I don't want this to be canon. I don't want this to be Marvel continuity. Mm, I don't well, want the Marvel universe to be a fucking world where Hawkeye kills Bruce Banner. I mean, that's interesting and compelling, but... A whole bunch of no thank you on that. I, I don't want. I still don't want Rhodey to be dead. But I. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I'm. I don't know that I'm coming around to your point of view. But I'm really questioning what's the fucking trade off here. You know, I. If this stuff wasn't far reaching in continuity and meant something at least for a couple of years, I don't. I would be okay with it. If this is a what if story, if this was just some whatever. But I think. That that's a weird choice. That's starting to bug me. No, uh, I'm I I am uh, I am not a fan. Yeah. It like if you're gonna write a comic that is exclusively like Bruce Banner gets killed by Hawkeye because Hawkeye was was made to promise to Bruce Banner that he would kill him if he saw it happening, 
and then everything and they're actually making I mean they're the thing is they're making a, a they're having some spin-off comics about the trial of Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. But like that isn't not like you said, it could be compelling. Like Bruce Banner was so afraid of but I don't I don't this comic is just like you said, it is like why Hawkeye? Why mm-hmm. like I like it doesn't none of this makes like it doesn't why? Why is this in this comic? Like, I, I, the, the, we have, how many times is the next issue we're gonna have another thing where these two people all go to a thing that's been predicted and more people die? I'm like, how, we have to do this five times? And it really, like, multiple things in this, I, I actually, I was catching up on Vision, which is really good, still. Of, of course. N- of no surprise. But there is, and, uh, Victor LaMancha is in it. He goes to live with, uh, the, the Visions because he's theoretically related to them. I, I can get behind it. And um some stuff happens, but there is literally the Avengers are trying to watch Vision without maybe they without making him angry, right? They're trying to keep tabs on him. And they specifically say something like they don't all go confront him at once because they are afraid of inciting the very thing they are worried about. And that is in one little tiny narration box. And I'm like, that encapsulates everything that's happening in this comic book. Mm-hmm. They send the entire Avengers at Bruce Banner, and it's, what do you think's gonna, like, and even, like, the first Avengers movie, you know, he's in seclusion, and they send in just, they just send in Black Widow until he agrees and is nice, and then suddenly they have more people there. And it, I don't, it's just too dumb. I can't. I, I, it's not an action movie I can get on board with. Like it, it, mm. if it was just like it, if this was like World War Hulk, that's fine. That was a big dumb action movie. Um, I don't, I don't want Bruce Banner. Like, uh, like already we kill Rhodey and now we kill Bruce Banner. Like why? Mm-hmm. Like there's just a, a, a body count and they're not even getting it anywhere near what the future, like there's no nothing. I don't like this book is not saying anything. No, that's kind of my whole thing is. This is a big sacrifice, and I think all of us from the pitch understand exactly what you're trying to say. We're like, okay, yeah, we've we've seen this before. We've heard this before. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know that I'm exactly coming around to your side because I do enjoy this. I just, I just really don't want it to be a part of my Marvel Universe uh, anymore after this event. And that's the problem. Like, this is how Marvel... In a lot of many, like you, like this is how they shape this a new status quo for a while, you know, like for like they that's you know the how like uh, they had original sin, mm-hmm. you know the fallout from that we had suddenly we had Winter, Bucky in space we had Thor no longer beef we had Jane Foster become Thor who which now they have Thor coming trying to earn the hammer back again that's already been announced so you know it's. I I don't know. Do I think Bruce Banner is going to stay dead? I don't know. Probably not. But I don't know. I I still like the character of Bruce Banner being around, mm-hmm. and I, and to use him just to murder him for this scene and like it's not and it and it's going to be this issue and then they're going to have that spinoff that's actually about this and this, it's just a a thing a body to throw in the heap and it just seems pointless. Like if you're going to kill off a character, make it mean meaningful. Like I don't. It, it it doesn't it's not saying it, like I've already I'm already not a fan of this and I this is the like the other two I could at least like understand I could see the quality 
Mm-hmm. Like I could see it. This I can't. I cannot suggest this to anyone. It looks beautiful. They continue. It does. It does look very good. They all the, they they continue to look beautiful, but I, I can't. I, I I can't. And and Bendis being like snarky to people online who have actual complaints. Like I I, I can't. Do not buy. Mm. I don't think I've quite gone over to the do not buy side, but I do feel pretty comfortable going uh, going five. Five out of five, because I do have some issues with where this is going. It just feels, I don't know. Do we really need this? Do we really want this? I think the answer is a bunch of no's. So we'll probably be better off without it. But for right now, I'm still tentatively on board. So buy five out of five on the mush meter. So split decision. Super mushy. Mm-hmm. Our final book of the week is Conan the Slayer. Number one, Conan the fucking Slayer. <laughs> they uh, did not. That is not actually part of the title, but it might as well be. Uh, script by Colin Bunn, art Sergio Davila, colors Michael Atea, letters Richard Starkings, and comic graph. Um, I don't think we've ever read a Conan book on this podcast. Mm. Don't think we ever have. We've read Red Sonia. We've we've read we've read multiple pulp heroes and and the you know the uh, you know unlicensed, you know, the, the mm-hmm. free heroes, whatever you want to, however you want to describe them. The, I don't, the, the grocery store comic book characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, we've never actually taken a look at a Conan book. It's a good one to start off with. You don't agree? I was, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, I was trying to phrase a question to you. I'm like, is the, is there, is Conan a comic book that you want to read in 2016? I want to read Cullen Bunn writing Conan for a long time because I have read a little bit of those other more modern Conans. Mm -hmm. This is the closest thing to classic Conan magazines that I've read in the longest time. The art feels about right. The story, the narration, everything feels about right. I mean, maybe it shouldn't just be that exactly, but he's pretty much nailing it i mean conan is simple and it's it it's about killing and fucking and raiding treasure hordes and weird magicians and it's i don't know i've always had a soft spot in my heart for this stupid character don't care for the movies by the way i like the first one i uh i don't know there's something about like barbarians and sword play and all the stupid shit that's always it's always appealed to me i i really appreciate this and i appreciate i i you know this makes me think of the the john bashema uh runs of of the conan and like magazines and it's just it's so good and it's some of my favorite art like ever it's just and I like the stupid little bonus comic with um, <laughs> what's his what's his name at the end? The writer of Conan, Robert E. Howard. Yeah, I adore it. That's so good. It's it's the absolute best. I I could not be more excited about this book. I mean, I think there could be some things that are better. Like the backgrounds are really sort of clunky, and I think the colorist could really. I mean, it's adequate in terms of the color and, and all that stuff, but I guess I'm used to very superlative and hard-working colorists, and this one is sort of 
leaving things looking flat and boring when they could do a lot more to enrich it. But it's excellent. I like it a lot. Colin Bunn always seems to do right by me. What are what are your thoughts? You've been very quiet while I talked about all this crap. I'm not sure. I think it is a very well-executed Conan comic book. I just don't know if there is a Conan comic book out there that can satisfy me. You know? Like, mm. I don't, I don't, like, if there's a, like, if there's just simply a place for it in my life in 2016, like, it's such an old idea. It's, I don't know, like, it, if it, if even, like, and it, like I said, your everything you said is correct. I just don't know if I want that. I think that thematically and a lot of the subject matter, you would be hard-pressed to find a difference between Conan the Barbarian and Game of Thrones, which is still one of the most popular like shows and works of written fiction, possibly ever, but certainly right now. I'd say Game of Thrones is still pretty on point. I, 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 the only difference I see is I think... Conan is very much sort of out of that monomyth sort of idea of storytelling, you know, centering around one hero and everyone's sort of there to help tell his story. It made me think of Punisher, actually. I get that. Made me think of Frank Castle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Frank Castle is probably based directly on Conan the Barbarian. (laughs) Yeah, giant warrior that Mm -hmm. kills. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I will. I will give it a buy. I'm just. I'm not gonna. I'm. Being, you know. It's not. You heard. You guys. You heard me. I, I'm. But I'm not gonna disparage the book because of my. I don't know. I. I if you want Conan, this is certainly a good Conan. Mm-hmm. So this is the best I've read in a long time. I think it works. It does exactly what I want it to. I have minimal problems with it. So double buy. Conan the Slayer, number one. Do you read anything else, Eric? No, sadly. I caught up on Vision, as I mentioned. Still very mm-hmm. good. I also caught up on Sheriff of Babylon. I know, I'm really jealous. I saw all those in there. It is um, really good and incredibly hard to read. Wow, really? I mean, it, it's just, it's about occupation of Iraq and bad stuff happens. Tom King is the fucking best. I swear to God. There's other books that I need to read. I have not yet done so. Try and work on that this week. But we can move on to our next segment, Mr. Goodnight. Oh, okay. Sure. That's a good idea. I think so, too. We we should do that. I'm glad you agree. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show. Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week, what we've seen, played, read, watched, listened to. Uh, want to talk about? Frankly, um, what do you want to do, Eric? You want let's let's do Ghostbusters last. How about that? That's fine. Um, do you want me to check in with other things first? Or do you want me to go second? How about I'll go. You can go with your other stuff. Then we can finish up with Ghostbusters. That that is what I thought you'd say. Let's do it. Okay, so I've been playing a video game. That doesn't sound like you at all. I know, crazy, especially considering I'm just sitting at home all day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. It is, uh, it is, it's, it, at this point, the game's been out for multiple months, but it, it, it technically isn't done. <laughs> There's still much, much more to come. Uh, it is Hitman, the newest reboot of Hitman. I did not even know there was one out. 
it well that's the thing it the release schedule for it is very strange and was very controversial and still is controversial i guess to a few people uh-oh shared a photo what is this and think that would this would completely arrest your uh progress there my poor modok mug yeah it's it's it it has a, a cameo in in gwenpool <laughs> good um Hitman. I really did not think you would stop everything to, you to look at that. You sent me a picture. That. What am I supposed to do? Uh, Hitman is, uh, I think, if you are if you pay pay attention to video games at all, Hitman is a series of video games where you play as a Hitman and your job is to kill people. It's a really clever name. I know it's really cl- it's. I mean, avant garde even. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, but in this this reboot of it, every they have released it episodically in a certain way. Like each location is a new download. Like you can eat, you could pay fifteen dollars and get the first location, or you can pay for sixty sixty the full price, and you'll you basically buy a season pass to all of the locations as they come out. Uh, there are three have been released so far, and each one of them you have a you have targets and things you have to accomplish, like any Hitman game. Have you played any Hitman games? Never. Okay. Uh, it I don't know. I I I read the Steam reviews. I was way back and forth on buying this for a long, very long time, but. It seems the people who are most upset about it are the people who really liked, like, the very earlier Hitman games. And this one holds your hand a little bit more and gives you a little bit more guidance on how to get, like, to do fun things in the world. Uh, for example, I, the first hit was you went, you were at a fashion show hmm. run by two, uh, and the, and the two people who run this fashion show are secret spies, basically. They, or they sell, they sell secrets to other spies, and you have to kill both of them, and one of them is downstairs, like, on the show floor, and the other one is upstairs in this giant mansion. And there's, of course, many disguises you can take. You can kill people in many, many, many different ways. Uh, one way is, like, I stole a fireworks... There's a fireworks display set to go off at the end of the show. I stole the trigger for it, triggered it early... Uh, had gotten myself perched up on top of this, like, basically construction crane with a sniper rifle, and the two people both walked out at the same time to go, why are there fireworks going off so early? And then I shot them both. And, of course, the gunfire was was shielded by the fireworks explosions. Other times, I, I, uh, I, uh, I made it so that one of them would have to come out on stage on the runway at the end of the show, and then I dropped the light rig on him. It was very satisfying. It's so it's pretty open world that way. Oh, I've not played any of them. No, yeah, the, and yeah, generally you can. It's a very like it, they give you this environment, and then you can just kind of you know, there's these all the AI have all these subroutines where they're like there's bodyguards and there's just people hanging around. You can I have you can and there's certain specific ways you can do it that the game will guide you through. But then there are also like extra bonus ways you can do it. You like there's many challenges that will earn you extra stuff that you can start each mission with, like mm. a different kind of gun or a, in a disguise and already like ensconced somewhere in this level. Like you could start undercover in the kitchen or or undercover in the crew, like the tech crew. There's and as you unlock more stuff in the level, it unlocks more stuff to do in the level. So each of these little worlds can give you probably 10 to 15 hours of gameplay if you really want to, like, wring all of you want out of it. Um, it's really satisfying. It's really fun. Um, you can throw a fire axe into somebody's head if you want to. Whenever, when everything goes right and you do exactly what you need to do, it is really satisfying. It's a lot of fun. Neat. Yeah, it's a fun. Um, 
Fun game. Definitely suggest it. Anyone who maybe watched it or seen or heard about it and wasn't sure, no, maybe liked Hitman games, uh, definitely, I heartily suggest it. it is, it's a good time. I, I, have you heard, I, there's one other thing I want to discuss. Okay. Have you heard about the Frank Cho Wonder Woman thing? Yes, I have. I, uh, I am subscribed to him on his thing. So I was reading about that as soon as it happened. I, I like the man's work. He is a grumpy old fuck who, I mean, he's got a big audience and he's got his people that are always going to love him. And I, I don't know. That is fine. And I don't think that really earns you respect anymore. I, I just, I wanted your opinion. I just want to hear what you thought about it because for those who don't know, I, I will break down the rough. Um, yes. There was the new Wonder Woman comic. We have read an issue of it. Uh, it, it it's pretty good. Um, it is written by Greg Rucka, and Greg Rucka was given complete editorial control when he signed on to do Wonder Woman. I believe that is the only way he would do it. Um, he even got a a DC editor that has had questionable a questionable history taken off of what, the book. He has a he had a completely different editor putting on the book. Like they have they have DC has catered to Greg Rucka because they wanted his name and his cachet to come onto Wonder Woman. Uh, they had. I guess Frank Cho was hired to do variant covers for Wonder Woman. Uh, and they, DC told him that he would be able to work independently. You know, they're variant covers. He can kind of do what he, you know, mostly what he wants. And his edit, his own editor at DC will kind of work with him. And then whatever happens, happens. Uh, I guess he wasn't told that Greg Rucka would have final approval over his covers. Uh, Greg Rucka didn't like some of his covers or one of them changed or whatever, whatever. And Frank Cho decided he didn't like that and after three issues he said i'm done i don't like this uh six issues well i think well three issues have come out he's yeah. finished the work on six issues mm-hmm. yeah six of 24 he was supposed to do um and he's he is quit and saying he he doesn't want to have to have his work you know approved by greg rucka um i i myself i think frank Tro, frank Tro, Tro is a very talented artist which you i think you already said that Mm-hmm. Um, I, I find nothing offensive from his variant covers that he's, that have been released so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they gave Greg Rucka complete control, yeah, I mean, it's, I, when Frank Cho started using the word censor, yeah, that's when I started having, I don't like people using that word when it doesn't apply. No, I could not agree with you more. This is, this is a grown man that's been a professional artist most of his life, not acting professional. And it, it kind of twists me up inside. I, I often don't like taking direction from art directors either, but you know, you're on a team for a reason. And if you're fulfilling someone else's vision, I mean, it's, it's not your character. It's not your publishing company. You're making art for hire and you're being paid a lot to do it to stamp your feet and be a baby and walk away is pretty shitty and pretty unprofessional. And to and call out not Greg very Rucka, cool. Call no, out absolutely. Greg Rucka publicly. That's a, I mean like if he wants to quit, that's fine. I don't whatever. I'm not I'm not buying variant covers. Uh but to publicly just say wah, 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 Greg Rucka ba 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 he's and but uh, DC's the one who didn't who told didn't who didn't tell you that he would have final approval over your covers. Mm-hmm. Not Greg Rucka had nothing to do maybe he he doesn't like them but that's his call uh 
to call them out publicly is is unprofessional. But I mm-hmm. I was just curious what your thoughts on I I th- he draws very nice pinups, but I, the world the comics book world is changing somewhat. You're just I'm sorry, Frank Cho. Yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah, I just I mean he's a fine artist and it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. I am the world will be fine without him. If you want to turn around and give those those covers to uh, Kevin Wada, thumbs up. Do that. <laughs> Do that instead. Of course, I don't think. I mean, he doesn't have the name recognition, but it would certainly be. It would certainly. I think it looked better. Honestly, I think that Cho has kind of hit that stretch in his career. Maybe Adam Hughes has a little bit that he's not pushing his boundaries like he used to. He's not hungry to prove anything, but. You know, he probably gets paid ten thousand dollars a cover or something like that, maybe even more. Yeah. So he's just gonna he's gonna do. I mean, it's gonna look good, but you know, he has his he and I I I also find the timing a little strange considering they just announced his career own work coming from Boom, something he is writing and drawing. Well, it would be stupid if. I mean, it could be that he just wanted more time to work on that. It could be that he's doing it to draw attention to it. I don't know. It could be that he's just a as an ass. <laughs> could be all of the above. It's possible. I I I am not uh, I'm not putting anything past it. But whatever. Yeah. I uh, I enjoy the man's work, but he does not. His work does not keep me up at night like it used to. It's not. It's not the most exciting thing in comics. What? Okay, so okay, I, I'm I'm we don't have to. I, I I'm done grousing. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Um, well, I guess I probably shouldn't talk about it too much, but I'm finally catching up with the aforementioned television show Game of Thrones. I've ah, okay. Watched four and five, so I can catch up. I mean, nothing's really surprising me as I have read the books, but a lot of it's like, oh yeah, I remember that happening. It doesn't feel as divergent as everyone says it is. It feels pretty on point. I mean, I'm, I mean, you know, Maester Aemon doesn't, does not leave, uh, to go to Old Town with the two of them. And he, he, he kicks off in, uh, you know, uh, at Castle Black. And I, I don't know, little things like that seem like they're changed, but mostly everything is exactly the way I remember it when I read. You've you've read all the books, right? I have read all the books. Have you watched all the show? I have not watched any of the show. That's shocking. It's good. I enjoy it uh, quite a bit. Matter of fact, I stopped enjoying the books. I remember we talked about how I finished A Dance for Dragons uh, a long time ago. I finished it, but it took me nearly a year to read it just because I found it so boring. But they managed to make... All the stuff about, you know, Daenerys on the other continent. And they have left out all the fighting in uh, the Iron Isles, which, thank God for that. As interested as I was in those characters, the show is better for it not being in it. Um, but I've gotten to the point where uh, Daenerys is off in a field with Drogon somewhere. It's mm-hmm. basically exactly the way that I had imagined it. But it's... I don't know. I'm quite pleased, but I don't think I need to introduce Game of Thrones to anybody. I've, I do. I, I'm not nearly as excited about it as I used to be. I think that's perfectly okay. 
I think its moment is passing. It's just it's taken so long for him to get the next book out, and I'm just he he has apparently released individual chapters, which I was not aware of. Bits and bobs, yes. Yeah, not so many bobs though. Mm-hmm. Um, you wanna you wanna talk about some G busters? Sure. How did it ruin your childhood? It did not. Okay. My childhood I, I, is apparently intact. Okay, good. And, you know, I I don't really see myself as like crazy about Ghostbusters, but like I don't know. There was a period of time I was certainly into it. You know, yeah. That used too. to be my that used to be my power song when I was a child. They would play the Ghostbusters theme, and I would get fucking amped. <laughs> be like, yes. It, it really just used to get me so charged up. Um, it's fine. It's a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad it was better than I, cause it, that trailer is bad. That trailer's bad. That remix of the song is bad. It's mostly not in the movie. Thankfully, there's one scene that it's in and it's bad. <laughs> I think the best part of that remix is the Missy Elliott rap. And I don't think it's even in the movie, which is really strange to me. Um, no, it's not a tremendously good movie. It's... So I, I kind of don't understand. I don't I, I don't understand either camp's problem with it. Because when I watch it, I mean you, you probably saw the post that I made about it. Mm-hmm. This movie it, it's like an SNL movie. It's like watching Talladega Nights or or Step Brothers, but all of this happening inside Spy Kids or something. Because it is a silly kids action movie. Okay. It is exactly what it is. And that's fine. You know, if if I had if I had a daughter and I would take her to see it, if I had a son that wanted to see it, I would take him to see it. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. It's a fun movie. It's really dumb. The cast is really funny. I hate Holtzman. You know who I'm talking about? I think so. The one with the hair and the glasses. Right. The the Egon type. I don't know that I'd call her the Egon type. I don't it's just from looking at her like that character I go she's, oh no, she's she's clearly based on Egon now that you say that but Egon entertained me Egon was deadpan she's like I've compared her to Olaf in Frozen okay. multiple times that she's there to say weird catchphrases and be weird in a way that stands out to children all I like I have not seen it and I had no intention of seeing it in theater, especially. I was like, yeah. yeah, it's, it'll probably be fine. And that seemed like early reviews say it's fine. And I'm like, okay, that's what I expected. Um, but like there are people on Twitter I follow who I generally re- like appreciate their tastes and go, oh, they, they know they like good things. And they're yeah. like, this is amazing. I'm like, amazing. It's not amazing. <laughs> I don't know, but that's the thing. Like I'm curious, like. I th- I think that all this kerfluffle has polarized people even further. Um, that it, it's I mean it's absurd. It is it is nowhere near amazing. I I just think that people's sense of taste is so out of whack on this. And the character you hate, many people Every, love. Of course, and that doesn't surprise me that much. I'm just not buying her bullshit. I mean, there's nothing wrong with the actress. Um. I just really, she actually does have some of the funniest lines in the movie, but a lot of it's just bullshit, and it bugs me. Like, she will just ramble off complete nonsensical science pseudo-garbage. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's fine. 
why do you keep doing it? You know, I mean, I, I can accept this is a world where this weird shit exists and, you know, but like, I, I don't understand why she's got to be there to be that character. It's just really silly. Um, I don't know. She's a haircut and a pair of glasses. The actress is fine. The other three are amazing, in my opinion. I would just, I would prefer to have seen less of the special effects and the dumb action scenes and, oh man, I invented a bunch of special guns that, so we all have a special attack. <laughs> because that happens. Um, Holtzman invents a, 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 a special attack gun for everyone. So they all, it's, it's dumb, but in the way that it's clearly intended to be, I mean, it's a lot like The Force Awakens, that it's, it's aiming solidly for the middle, and that apparently works for people. I, I, it doesn't work for me. I don't know. Give me a number out of ten. Five. This is, this okay. is, this is the 16 stone of movies. 16 stone? That is the, that's a Bush album. Whoa. Okay. I, I thought, right. of, come on, man. I thought about you in particular when I saw this movie, cause I was like, do you not remember what you said about Bush? No. That they're exactly, it's like the radio is on. It's like a test pattern. It is a perfectly average rock, uh, rock band. Okay. That, that sounds is, like something that, I would say. Your, your words, not mine. I agree with that, those words. That, that is what this movie is. Okay. It is fine. It is, um, your standard Hollywood trope writing. It is not really offensive or bad. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, what is her name? I think it's Brianna Wu. You're familiar with who I mean? I've, I, yes, yes. Bri it's Brianna Wu. Okay. Yes. Um, she, I thought it was hilarious that she had the exact polar opposite reaction to this movie. Gave no reasons why at all. Uh, but she actually says that the first 20 minutes of the movie horrendously offended her, but the rest is amazing. And she saw it twice and it was even better the second time. And apparently it's her favorite movie ever. Possibly. I don't know. Okay. But I, I felt like the first the first 20 or 30 minutes of that movie, they establish everything really well. I thought it was very good storytelling. I think that the, the, the actresses, they have good chemistry together. You know, they're very funny. Like, I, I mean, it's the, uh, that very improvisational SNL style, uh, dialogue. You know, it's, it's very fast. The jokes just, they just keep coming. They're just thrown in there quickly. And you, you know, they'll just blow right past you. Um, but I don't know. At a certain point, it just becomes a silly cartoonish movie for kids. And, you know, that's not necessarily bad. It is Ghostbusters, but I don't know. It's, it's more real. It's more the real Ghostbusters than it is Ghostbusters the movie. Okay. I, that, that is the impression I get. Yeah. And it's, it's fine. It's not really anything to write home about. I would be surprised if you thought it was amazing. You would probably be like, yeah, I, you know, that's, that is a movie. That is a perfectly average film. But I think it says a lot about how incredibly hungry people are for this. His people are still raving about this on Twitter. 
that like, oh my god, four non-sexualized women in a movie, and it's on, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Which, I don't know, I that's fine. I don't really have a problem with it. This is a good movie to watch if you want to watch Chris Hensworth dance for like 40 minutes. Oh, why didn't you just lead with that, Eric? Okay, you're right. God. Because the movie does end with it. It's not the beginning. Oh, man. You have to sit, you have to sit, sit through, through the, the whole thing just so I can see Chris Hemsworth dance. Yeah, in okay. a tight white t-shirt. Sounds good to me. I'm on board. There you, there you go. You could have just, you could have just told me that and then you went like, hit oil, stop digging. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I kind of. They're going to put that on the DVD box. Yeah, it's it's a movie. Solid five out of ten from Eric Goodnight. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, I would maybe go six. Ooh. It's it's not wretch. I mean, it depends on what your definition of five out of ten is. I would say perfectly average. If we're talking 50% that it's a failing grade, nah. On the Netflix scale, what do you give it? Like out of five stars? Oh, right in the middle. Well, you can't do that. You have to give solids. Yeah. Three? Three. I mean, three's right in the middle. I consider three slightly above average. I mean, so does Netflix, but I don't really think so. I I, I mean, there's two on the left and two on the right. I understand, but I, I that's kind of what I like about the five-star system is that you have to get on one side of the fence the other. Well, that's the whole thing about Netflix is that it reacts to how you want to use it, you know? That's true. My my brother only gives his most favorite movies four or five stars, and most everything else is a three star. And it you know it reacts well to that. It figures out he means something different. But no, that three is average. Three is I don't want to kill myself, and that's kind of how this movie was. There were some some bad moments. There were some good jokes. There were some beautiful graphics. Um, I can't remember what's her name's first name her last name is jones she was her i i was really worried that her character was going to be like gross and racist but it's not it's pretty clear that it comes from her character so that's not not her character but like her character as an actress Mm -hmm. so i enjoyed her i thought they were all you know they were all good holtzman's really not as bad as all that but she's she's everyone's favorite i think she's she's olaf it's silly whatever you My ready? childhood's ruined. <laughs> I, could, I could tell. Uh, you ready to talk about some Transmet? Mm-hmm. Fin- wrap, wrap up with our final segment. It is time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show. Eric and I will assign a longer collected work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. Except it is a comic book. Oh, whoa! 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 It's a crazy uh, ride. We don't. I don't need to do that anymore. This week we are discussing the final three volumes of Transmetropolitan, volumes eight through ten, issues number forty-three through sixty by Warren Ellis and Derek Robertson. So, Eric, how about that ending? What do you think? Dismount. We gotta. We gotta jump to that, huh? I might as well start there. Might as well start at the beginning. At the end. Yep. The anti-beginning. <laughs> Um, I don't know. How do you read that? Do you read that as that it's a big put on and that he's fine? Yes. Or are you just sort of laughing at his fate? No, I, 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 I read it 
I've read it both times now that it, yes, it is. He is that small percentage that is fine and he is, he can finally be left alone in out in the woods on the mountains. He gets his peace. Mm-hmm. That's what I read it as. Do you read it as that? Eh, I don't have a problem with that. I th- was sort of seeing the thing that I was surprised about is I thought he had a built-in Deus Ex Machina that they he cloned himself to travel across the country. Right. And then Shannon goes to California, and I presumed it was to fetch the clone. Hmm. I didn't even see that. Didn't I even think about it? I thought from several books back from 60, you know, it was like in 56 or something. And I'm, you know, he's getting sicker and sicker. And I'm like, well, he fucking cloned himself a bunch of books ago. How How is that going to be the gun that doesn't fire? And maybe that does happen off the page because she definitely goes to California. I thought those, and cl- all this- I thought the clones died or something after. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I just, I don't remember. I just, I, that was in the, like the second volume or something. So it's, it's it was, no, it was not that long ago. It was, uh, when he went to visit, uh, the president's wife. I, was that, I thought that was in our first discussion. I don't think so. Okay. It um, was, it was when he started. Yeah. It was when he started to try and take him down. It might've been in the first one, but I want to say it was solidly in the middle. Um, but yeah, we, this is the, I don't know. Things were already serious. Mm-hmm. But things get more serious in this in this last bit. Like the, the the villain is the president, and I don't know it. I feel more in general in this than I do in the rest. Like I, I don't know. Like the stakes are raised a little bit, and I actually I don't know. I, I my empathy for Spider goes up and up and up as the book continues. Like I mm-hmm. I like him more. Not even like. I, I think he's interesting the entire time, even just from like a, 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 a objective perspective. But I feel like I like him more. He's a more likable character as it goes on, just because his mission is more and more direct than Smiler. Although I I I think you would ask me on our last episode if he, Smiler changes at all. I don't. I think I said I don't think so. Mm-hmm. He does not change really. Yeah, he's kind of the same. He's a, it. I don't know. He's a sociopath. Yeah, doesn't make for the most interesting of villains. He is a a, a an almighty obstacle mm-hmm. that Spider must overcome. I think that's. I don't know. That's why it's better that he's that he's sick and that he's he's battling himself. Yeah, because it's kind of a foregone conclusion. Yeah, he's going to beat the bad guy, but it actually makes it more tense. That you know, it it's. It's Spider versus Spider. Yeah. It's where he's running out the clock in that moment where he's like, Oh my God, I can't think of the word that I want. And he, he just can't figure it out. So he has to work he, around it. Yeah. He just, he has to rewrite his paragraph to not use that word. That, that that's more compelling. I mean, these, these issues, it was, yeah, they're, they're the most Ellis of any of this. They, they, mm. They just feel so much better, so much more different. I just, I don't know. I, I think, I feel like it's just because there's a direction. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more than that. I mean, I feel like. I can you give know. me like something specific? I don't think so because it is a lot of intangibles. Okay. But I mean, like the fact that, like I'm looking at 43 
And that issue ends with Channon looking at the sky saying, yeah, Christ, look at that sky. Like, that's not a hook. That's, that's just a weird, like, that's just a weird Ellis moment to end on. Okay. And I don't know why it, like, it makes me anxious and it's compelling because it's, it should not be. But this was, this feels like him. He's finally become the Warren Ellis that I've come to appreciate. That it just feels so, it, it, it feels like Warren Ellis actually writing in someone else's universe. Some, some other person called Warren Ellis set this up and now Warren Ellis is really writing it. It, it does. And it also, I feel like that, that bit that it is ominous. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, that, that whole storm section really does a tremendous job at weaving together this yeah. mystery that we have, to, that we don't necessarily understand all, the, all this confluence of events until mm-hmm. later. But it does a very good job at making you feel like the unease of Spider, of Spider and his crew. Like they are, they are like, what is going on? Like why there's, there's a reason all this is happening and they just don't know what it is. And then once we discover it and you know, it, it, it feels, you're like, Oh, that's why I felt that way. Um, and I, I definitely see that. That is very, like it, when I feel like when, how Ellis constructs his stories is very much like there is going to be a lot of events happening. These puzzle pieces moved around mm-hmm. and then they fit together. Yeah, in a way that you don't really, they're not immediately obvious. But they, but it's not out of left, so out of left field that you don't know, that you reject it. You go, no, absolutely. You go, oh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, he's a, he's a craftsman that way. He comes at you sideways. Um, I really liked how Yelena wrote the article for him when he was passed out. Mm-hmm. Do, do you like that she has, she'd become Spider Jr.? Kind of. Um, I don't know. Like, I think it kind of suits her, but at the same time, I I don't know. They have more character by the end, but it's that's kind of coincidental. They're still a little on the flat side, just becoming the girl version of the main character. I don't know. It's plausible, and on some levels I like it, but it is a little troubling, maybe. Maybe. I do like that she handles... That she she writes the article for him though I, that was that definitely was a moment that I liked. Yeah, it's I li- good. I, I liked him also putting on a shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> him deciding. Oh, mm-hmm. I I have to do this now. Yeah, I'm, I'm decrepit. Yeah, I, I feel like I mean, there's a lot of Warren Ellis in this. That at least when I've because he, he went to my my friend Derek met him at a Heroes Con and went to one of his panels, and he was I don't I like he's a little decrepit, you know. He walks with the cane like like Spider is in this, and he he also God Warren Ellis hates dogs. Do you know this? I I think I must have heard him talk about dogs at some point. I know it he, sounds this I this you're about to give me some anecdote that I know I've heard before but probably from me. Okay. But I will tell you the anecdote again because it is relevant that Warren Ellis is terrified of dogs because at a young age he watched a dog like a stray dog or a street dog or like a feral dog or something it like attacked and like ate his brother's face. Right. These are his these are his words. Mhm. 
So, I mean, ate his face, you know, but he said ate his face. So he says his whole life he's been terrified of dogs. And he says that the irony of the whole situation is that his brother loves dogs. <laughs> you told yes. Now, that is the, I remember that, that punchline. But there's, there's Spider killing a lot of dogs in this. It's, or talking about it, at least. It's weird. And he has his cat. His, he does have his cat. His monstrous cat. You know a part I really, 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 really like? What's that? That I don't know if it's my favorite part of this, but it is up there, is when he finally releases the footage of mm. Callahan's wife. Yes, 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 yes. And they ask him why he waited so long, and he's like, she was just so sad. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't, that, I feel like that made me the most empathy, feel the most empathy for Spider that anything has done. Because, like, we've seen him be, like, like he himself says, I am, I'm not a journalist, so I don't have to follow the rules. Mm-hmm. So he, he, like, he has, you know, releases stuff about people who, you know, he steals it or he, he uses nefarious means to acquire information just to get it. But this he only holds back until he, it is absolutely necessary to release. And, like, it shows that he has feelings under there. And he is, as he becomes weaker, he shows it more and more, you know, physically weaker. Yeah. Feel the same way. Do you feel the same way about Robertson's art as you did? You know, I think it's fine. It still does have its problems and its inconsistencies, but I feel like, particularly in this, it doesn't matter as much because I feel like Ellis is more driving the bus on it. It feels more like an Ellis story, unless I don't know. They're they're doing his story, if you know what I mean. There is less. It is much tighter. Mm-hmm. It is more, much more focused, much more directed. And I, you know, like I think the most complaints we had about it was in that those first three books where mm-hmm. it was world building, and a lot of it was gross world building, <laughs> where you saw really like just kind of like weird, gross set dressing of of this of the city, and this is much more focused with the all the people on a mission they're moving constantly they're under military threats there's a storm like it's it's never about the city it's about these characters and their their mission their focus and it it just drives everything but i don't know i i feel like it i i i will repeat my sentiment from last week and that it works really i i think it works really well in this comic book mm mm-hmm. mhm I think it's funny that Yelena's father looks exactly like Spider. Mm-hmm. I was about to mention that myself. Yeah. A hippie version. Yes. Like a, re- a retired activist. He just has a, little, a goatee. It did. Uh, it makes me think of when my when my brother met his father-in-law for the first time, and he looked startlingly like my brother. And he's like, I'm really uncomfortable with this. I'm like, it's, it's normal. We're, I don't know. It's a thing. There's nothing really that weird about it. Just, just be glad it happens. Do you, do you wish Callahan was a more dynamic villain? Not by the end. At the end, I kind of don't care. It, it, I, I, I would say, it. I, the only, my only complaint about it is that. By making him a sociopath, he doesn't need to have a reason he's being, he's tormenting people. Yeah. 
And I kind of, I want that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I was saying is that it's, it's sort of irrelevant because at that point it's, it's man versus self. That's where the, the origin of the conflict. And I mean, I mean, Callahan is even, he's more like nature than he is. He's like a, he is yeah. like a, like a wild animal. It's not, mm-hmm. he's not another person. He's just a, a, a creature with a lot of power. Mm-hmm. You know, it might as well just be like a, uh, like a, uh, like the leader from the Incredible Hulk or something. Like somebody mm-hmm. who can just sway people, sway crowds. But do you think this is, uh, necessary to read? I don't know. I, I, I don't know if, um, I can't think of anything that Ellis has written that I, I might like it tremendously. But I wouldn't say that it is probably necessary comic book reading, you know, like uh, uh, Dark Knight Returns or or Watchmen. Right. You know, which is, I assume, what you mean. Yeah, something like, that's what I mean. Like, if you were going to say, hey, I'm a, I haven't read comic books before. This is not something that I would push off on people first. Right. I mean, it's interesting. It's not like the Sandman or something that I would be like, well, here's... This this can show you how whatever comics can be. This is like how grown up and artful feeling it can be, or how dark it can be, or how whatever. Like Warren Ellis's stuff is excellent. I mean, I'd put him at that highest echelon with the Gaimans and the Alan Moores, but maybe it's not as necessary. What made you think of that question? I see it in that. I see it bandied about often in yeah. uh, in that. It is like it, it. It I see it often in the same conversation as it is in that you know that same era you know mid to late nineties right of the preacher of Sandman's earlier but Sandman you know like that you know Warren Warren Ellis like Garth Ennis was worked in that 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 kind of that same like class of Vertigo writers you know they wrote yeah. for Vertigo and then they all end up leaving because DCs end up screwing them all. Um, like, so people often say, like, this is, I, I like Planetary a lot more than I like Transmetropolitan. Yes. If I was to suggest a Warren Ellis book right now that is, hey, like, read this whole thing. Here is a complete story. I would give them Planetary first. But I see most other people say this book. They say Transmetropolitan is the book you should read. Um, and I don't know if it was just because of that time period, because of... Much like we talked about when we read Preacher, in that it was in the late '90s, comic books weren't necessarily popular. The superhero books, in particular, were not in a good place, um, and this stood out. It was a crazy thing. You had this weird Hunter S. Thompson character in the far future, um, you know, with this, you know, dealing with like a, now with this sci-fi and cyberpunk stuff that has a lot of it has come true in varying degrees um it is it like preacher it feels dangerous in, mm-hmm. in places and especially considering the time it, it was released um but i i think i agree with you i don't i would not certainly put this in that same category i would the thing that bothers me about about uh ellis is a friend of mine like i was talking about how greater writer Warren Ellis was and he asked me like well what would I know him for and this is kind of it like people know him for Transmetropolitan and everything else is 
kind of a smaller thing. It's kind of smaller and more personal or whatever. But, I mean, he's an amazing writer. But what, none of it really feels, like, important in the way Watchmen does. Well, I, I think, I don't, yeah, it's, it, I think there's... It's hard to point at Warren Ellis and say, this is the one thing that, that m- made Warren Ellis a star or that makes him important, or that makes him worth reading, or where you should start with him. Yeah, I mean, that's, and I, that's a lot of, a lot of people do point towards this. I just would disagree, but I mean. I, I do disagree, because I don't think it's anywhere, I mean, certainly I enjoy this ending, and I think he really came into his own, but I would take Planetary over this eight days a week. It's so much better, it's ridiculous. Um, This is fine, I, I, I like it. I think it's well written. I think the ending, the, the these last issues are very good. They are. It certainly it, it it escalates well. Absolutely. I I I think a lot of the the fact that you know you can't necessarily point at anything that is important in Warren Ellis's library, even though many people point at this, is the fact that he him like he likes doing lots of disparate things. Doesn't really and a lot of the things are not long epics. You know, this is by far the longest thing he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else is much shorter, and by design, I think he likes yeah. doing many projects, working on different things. He's written several novels now. Like, you know, that's the thing Garth Ennis never did. He's he has, Garth Ennis hasn't written any novels. Now he writes war comics because he likes writing war comics. People yeah. pay him for it. Um, I I think Ellis is likes being kind of that shapeshifter. He likes working on television and movies and screenwriting and, and novels and comic books and doing all those things and it, that's what gets him excited. I think that's good. I just kind of I don't know. I he's gotten to the point where he's so good and his work is so compelling and I would hate to think that what what is his career defining moment, you know? Is it is it this? Is it Moon Knight? I, I don't know. I I feel like he's he might not have even written a thing that he's remembered for mostly yet. And I, I kind of, I kind of hope that's the case. Um, as I mean, he's still, he's still marvelous. And I, he's still relatively I, young as well. You know, he's, he's not, I think he's late forties, early fifties. He's, he's still, I was going to say, he's got to be in his fifties. I'm, I'm, I'm going to verify this. Okay. He's forty eight. I'll go. be damned. That's I thought it was the late forties. So I was not positive, but I, he looks I terrible in this picture. He purposefully posts the worst pictures of himself. He looks. He looks. God, it looks awful. He does it on purpose. Every picture, like, is like he desaturates it and like makes it so he looks like a a monster. I think he likes it. These pictures of him with long hair are pretty amazing looking. Is that really <laughs> him? That can't be him. I it looks nothing like this other. It looks nothing like. I don't know. I really wonder. It's just a, a bald bearding guy or a balding bearded guy. I don't know. That is there, okay. There's there's a musician. There's also a musician named Warren Ellis. Yes, that's weird. He uh, he talks about that occasionally on his Twitter. He's like, I am not Good. that musician. Please stop asking. Uh, that's fine. Um, but I, that's my general feeling on his legacy. Like I feel like he's still. He does writing. look a lot younger than I thought. They just he keeps making new things. He I mean, I read his newsletter every week and it is constantly like, here's three unnamed projects I can't talk about. We'll see what happens with them. I'm like, okay, you're yeah. 
he's busy. He he works, and that's a good thing. I wish I had his work ethic. He doesn't, gotta, he doesn't sleep much, much like you. You'd think I'd get more done. You have a job. I do. Jobs take you'd time. T- you'd still think I got more done. I know. Overall, I think this is, I would, I would certainly recommend this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know necessarily, like, if you like Preacher or you like other, those, of those ilk, I would put, I would say read this, but it is not a necessary work of comic books to like it is not a part of the canon so to speak i think it is i think it is in that area below that um the sub canon sure if you want to call it that right. it and it i feel like the it it is a good read not only because of you know the 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 story and and the character of spider but also just because of warren ellis writing about the future in you know in the late 90s you know, and you see that stuff come to pass now. It's, it's he is a he's a guy who is constantly have has his finger on the pulse of the future, and you get to see it actually come true to a certain extent. What's your favorite moment in this, sir? I don't know. I do keep coming back to Spider kissing Yelena after she turns in the article. She just says thank you. Yeah, gives her a kiss. It's very sweet. It is. No, it made me happy. You do expect him to be irritated, and she's so nervous. And I think it's that whole thing about feeling judged for writing something, you know. And she even meant, and like it's a kind of a thing where you, she, we see her talk about like, I don't want him to know that I've written things because then he'll look at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a pretty uh, horrifying thing sharing stuff. Anything else you want to mention? I don't think so. No, I think we got it. We got it pretty good. Sticks the landing. Good ending. Yep. 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 So, handsomeites, how you guys doing? Hanging in there? Nah. I heard him say yes. Oh, okay. That one guy was dissenting, and I guess I wasn't paying attention. Next week in Nerbo Book Club, we are reading Copra Round 3 by Michelle Fife, who apparently hates me. He does. He told me. I mean, I have proof. He called me a miserable motherfucking shitball. Yep, the most miserable shitball. But uh, we're going to be discussing the the next volume of Michelle Fife's masterwork of insanity, Copra. Read along with us. Let's see. Wrap it up there. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, any of those places, any podcatcher app you use. Please rate, review, subscribe, give us a five-star review. All those things help us out. They get us higher in the rankings, help new people find the show. Obviously, word of mouth is also greatly appreciated. Tell your comics reading friends about us. They like hearing people jabber in the ear. We are the perfect people for it. Eric agrees. He does. That's what that clicking was. Find us at handsomeboyscomicshour.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour. On Twitter, at hbchour. You email us at handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Any of those places, reach out, say hi, follow, like, you know, those things. You can find me on Twitter at mixmasterserial. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online? What an excellent question, Robbie. You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. You can see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. Uh, some of those things include my Instagram, where I'm known as Easy Goodnight, and my Twitter, where I'm at Mr. Bad Example, spelled M R Bad Example. With that, folks, we will call it a day. Have a good one. 
rock and roll.